Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 446 for the week of November 11th, 2017. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, bringing you the week's RPG news, some reviews, a question, and mostly what we've been playing. Joining me for that segment today, I've got Josh Carpenter. Hello. Kelly Ryan. Hi. Alice Wilkinson. No, still British. Still British, yep. Uh, no, I don't have Alex. He put his stuff in the list already, so he confused me. Um, and I have myself, Chris. And uh, Anna Marie is a remote correspondent tonight. Anna, how's traffic down there? Oh, wait. I shouldn't be doing the helicopter beating if she's the remote correspondent. Right. I, I did this wrong. You ruined the illusion. Start over. Okay. <laughs> We'll have uh, occasional chip-ins from Anna from the other room who's feeling ill because I did not feed her on time. She's like a gremlin. Or is it gremlin? No. Yeah. Yeah. What? I was going to say, is she turning into demon because you fed her after midnight? Um. Well, you didn't get to hear the conversation that I muted the mics for, so I, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> no. Well, don't, don't get a, her wet. She's a wonderful person. She would never do that. Nice save. <laughs> Just in case she listens to this. <laughs> She's in the other room. All right. Anyway. Uh, actually, Anna's the thing with Anna is you have to feed her after midnight. Otherwise, there are problems. So, so reverse gremlin. It's reverse gremlins. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. And okay. The cats are running around the house. All right. So everything's in its place. Uh, let's talk about, oh, I want to talk about Extra Life. I want to thank all of you listeners for who you who contributed to my Extra Life campaign. Thank you. It was very successful. Um, I had a great time with the PS Nation folks last week. Uh, I hope you were able to catch part of the stream. Um, and if it wasn't your thing, I apologize. Um, but uh, I do appreciate your donations. Nonetheless, Children's Hospital of Wisconsin got about $735 from me. That's awesome. Uh, very good. Met my goal and then some. Uh, so thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for contributing. Um, I think a couple of the people on the show contributed, so thank you. Oh, let's see. So with that, I played a bunch of stuff during Extra Life. I, I dug out old games. So my goal was, because I was hanging out with the PS Nation folks, so I was like, all right, let's do an all PS4 day. Surely I can pull this off. And in the week beforehand, I was planning it out. I was like, not only could I pull it off, I can pull it off and then some. It turns out I've been... <laughs> procrastinating on a lot of ps4 stuff so i played some assassins or no i didn't play that i played why did that come to mind i played uh shadow of mordor the first one does anyone remember that game i've yes. heard good things about it <laughs> i mean the sequel well, just given, came out <laughs> i was gonna say given that i'm playing the sequel you're playing the sequel right now. so i was playing the first one and um yeah i what i realized is i think i remember why i stopped playing that game and not because I didn't like it, but just because it got overwhelming and I put it down for a bit and forgot to ever come back to it. Um, the first game has this annoying habit of swarming you with about 40 orcs um, and one or two boss characters, and you kind of have no way of surviving those fights. Um, 
or at least I didn't. And so what I found uh, I had to do a lot was like fight for a little bit and then run around half the map, lose everybody, and then pick people off gradually. And I spent a couple hours just building up power and finding artifacts around the world. And then I guess that's just a very grind-heavy game to build up your combat styles because they're just going to throw way too many things at you. Um, am I playing the game wrong, Alice? Uh, possibly. Oh, all right. How, what am I supposed to do? Because I feel like I, I can't execute all the combos perfectly and eventually I take too much damage and then I'm dead. Or uh, be yeah. be still stealthier, or, or, or stealth, stealth, stealthier. But you can't stealth kill all the bosses, and they're surrounded by like five other people. So I don't know. Just are you doing the thing where you track them out of cover and then kill them in a bush and hope no one sees it? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Never don't forget the weaknesses as well. Yeah, I guess oh, the weaknesses. You have to learn all the weaknesses. Well, or you have to scan them. Scan them with your ghost buddy. Um, yeah, all right. Is the second game just like that? Did they change anything in the second game? Um, it, there are some broad similarities. Okay. <laughs> but have they improved it? Or is it just like, hey, you remember that first one you liked so much? Here's more. Um, I'd say they've improved on it. I mean, I've managed to survive, like... That kind of like, because you're going to get into a couple of those big, big brawls, but I think I've managed to do pretty well surviving them this time around. Do they give you more AoEs? Um, well, yeah, there's also like a big, like a really one of those ones that you build a meter up for and it's uh, like a cooldown mm -hmm. type thing that allows you to just, it's a little bit like how a couple of the powers worked in the first one all rolled into one. Uh, rapid fire, unlimited executions, that kind of thing. Yeah, I found the unlimited executions very handy, but you know, after you get through eight or nine, that you you run out, and then there's still ten to twelve other orcs around you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a couple of like more, a couple of like different AOE abilities. Uh, I think one of my favorite ones actually is you can is detonating fire pits. Ooh, that sounds useful. It is. I did find in the first one, if I could manage to throw somebody into fire, that was a good strategy. But I was also yeah, really fine. bad unless, at aiming. Unless that's fireproof. Oh, yeah. All right. Can happen. Uh, what really hate, what I hate in the first game. So this is this is the whole, the, the Middle Earth games have this whole nemesis system where it's about building up. You kill a guy, but he comes back and then you kill him again and he comes back and he's stronger each time. And he's like, it's supposed to make you feel a relationship with this guy. It doesn't work because... It just happens with too many orcs, so you don't really develop a relationship. But one of the things that they do that I really appreciate, and it's so, oh, is occasionally one of these guys you've beaten in the past, when you're like finally almost ready to succeed in a fight with like four or five orcs, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this finishing blow. All of a sudden you take a bunch of damage. You're on that, you're on the ground. The camera zooms in and it's that guy from earlier. He says, yeah, how do you like that now? And he walks away. You can't even attack him after he does it, and he just leaves you with like a sliver of health surrounded by everybody. And it's the oh, it gets you so angry. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The um, so anyone with the hum I think it's the humiliation trait oh. will not finish you off when have when given the opportunity. And they just but show the up from is, nowhere and do it, and then they leave. Um, they uh, they brought that one back, but they now also sort of reference. They have additional voice lines for like how many times you've. <laughs> like done it previously oh okay jeez 
Um, I think the best one I encountered so far, who did also come back, was um, uh, he had a he had a trait that meant all of his voice lines rhymed. Oh, great! He was Doctor Seussing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he came back with like half of his face missing. Delightful. And he was still rhyming. Do any of them rap? Sorry? Do any of them rap? Not, not not, met the rapping orc. I'm yeah. an orc and I'm here to say you knock off half my face, but I'll slay you anyway. I don't know. Um, what? That, is, that was the worst freestyle rap <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah, don't ever do that again. Uh, to be honest, I actually just like some of the the uh, movement options. Like, oh, what they add? Well, the two that they added were um, you don't need to vault over like rocks or something to get that sprint speed oh, boost. You okay. can just click, scroll up on your mouse wheel, and it takes up some of your slow mo time, but it gives you like much better sprinting speed. So it's a lot easier to get across maps without having to steal a mount. See now you're playing um, it right. You're playing it on PC, aren't you? Yep. Oh, so you got all the fancy frame rates and the nice pictures. Yep. Uh, it runs at a very nice 100 frames a second. Oh gosh. Yeah, I'm playing on PS4, the first one, which they updated for PS4 Pro, but it's like that is not getting above 30, which makes me sad. Um. The other thing is they've they I think they've at some point they increased the like the jump range. So you, you now actually have like a, a greater horizontal jump distance. That would be useful. Uh, but the other thing, one of the upgrades you can get uh, gives you a double jump as well. Oh, perfect. Of course, because why not? <laughs> well, a lot of the... Um, uh, it's definitely true for the first map. There's more regions as well. But um, uh, it's a lot more vertical, meaning that like climbing away is actually a way of escaping from things. And you can they there's a like a quick jump. You can now vault up buildings very quickly. Oh, which good. Is very useful. Yeah. We're getting away from things. No, yeah, that's good. Um, what was I gonna ask? The, no, I can't remember. Okay, so I was playing that for a while, and I started to get more and more powerful, and then I realized I'm really I. This is probably just like the first map of two or three. And this is going to... Two in the first two one. In the first I believe one. it's yeah. five in the second. Oh, of course. Why not? Let's just make it one I'm only, I've only, I've only just got to act two, and that's given me the third of what I think is five maps. I do... I feel like you kill all these captains in the first game, and they just get replaced, and it doesn't seem to matter. And that bugs me. Um, I guess the war chiefs don't get replaced, at least on the first map. Um, uh, they do eventually, but only if they, um, the, I mean, cause eventually you get to dominate them and they join your side. See, and okay. That's what I was going to ask. I need pe more people on my side. Does the, the second game expand that? Cause I want buddies. Yes, it does. Can I get pets or is it just orcs? It's, it's orcs. Okay. Although also you can get, um, uh, Gondor, like, oh, um, people, men. Yeah. Gondorian Rangers. All right. Can can I call them in like my Assassin's Creed Brotherhood guild or something? Yes. Or? Oh, That's perfect. Basically, almost exactly yes. how they work, and they're actually surprisingly effective. Actually. Okay, that's what I feel like the first game is missing. Um, 
Does, do I do I get some of that in the first game, or do I have to wait for the second game for all of that? Uh, you get the the Gondor assassins are in the second game. Okay, but um, the dominated but can, orcs works a little. Yeah, dominated orcs works a little better. Okay. So because where I'm at, I, mean, I can't when I dominate orcs, it's just to interrogate them or kill them. So I don't get. Any yeah, yeah, no, you fighting. actually get them like on your side. Good. So. I remember yeah, that trailer for the second game. They show you dominating an orc and turning him to your side, and yeah, he seems like a basically. good uh, comedy character. And eventually, you get a uh, an upgrade that allows you to do it at range as well. Perfect. Okay. So I might I might keep playing that more. That was out of all the stuff I did during Extra Life. I kept wanting that was the one I kept coming back to. It was the least likely to put me to sleep. Um, on the category of most likely to put me to sleep was um, No Man's Sky. <laughs> So this was, I played it during Extra Life, so I think a patch for No Man's Sky came out just after Extra Life. There's like a giant update that just hit, and oh, I can't remember. I Regardless, was going to say, yeah. I, thought, I thought I heard that they fixed that game and made it not boring. Um, well, it, even if it's not boring as far as the game's concerned, that is a very melancholy, down-tempo game, Right. So that is, you're running around, you're mining stuff slowly, avoiding some video cameras, and then flying around to the next. The game put me to sleep real fast, and this was this was within the first six hours of Extra Life. So <laughs> I realized this is not the game for a marathon, <laughs> regardless of, not a comment on its quality or anything, just that game does not work for a marathon. So I basically got through the tutorial mission, got to a space station, looked out like, okay, now what do I go do? Basically more of that. I'm like, I can't, no, this is not, this is not engaging enough for me right now. I can't handle this. <laughs> so when we get to our games that put you to sleep question, this is like number one on my list. <laughs> um, so it, that also means because I was just starting the game, I've not seen any of the stuff that would have been in that update. So I have no idea um, what's going on with all that. So. Unfortunately, I can't comment much on that. Uh, let's see. Um, I did play some Assassin's Creed Origins, not as part of Extra Life. I tried it out earlier in the week from Redbox. Um, I don't. Has anyone else played that? Let's see. No. 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 It's not. Is it an for RPG? Me. Yes, it is a loot RPG. You are you are killing guys, getting drops, leveling up your character, assigning stats. Assigning stats? You're not. Are you assigning? Yes. Yes? Yes. I think so. I can't remember if there was a stat tree. I just didn't get far enough, maybe, for the stat tree. I can't remember. Listen. Um, I didn't like the story. It's just a very basic, oh, the they killed this guy. I have to get revenge. And then the... It's... So, for some... I just didn't care about the characters. And, more importantly, the combat was freaking boring. Mash square a bunch, get some drops, upgrade, hide, don't alert too many people at once, and, and uh, mm -mm. I, it wasn't doing it for me, and I don't know why. Um, a lot of people like that game, so I realize I'm in the minority on that, but I just could not, I tried, two nights in a row I tried, I, like, I did the first night, like, I don't think I like this. And Anna's like, I'm having fun watching you play it at least. And I'm like, well, I got nothing else to play. So we rented it for a second night and tried it more that night. And by the end of that, it's like, 
So I'm, I'm at the end of the second night, I'm sitting there, I'm unlocking fast travel points, I'm doing side quests, I'm getting treasure, I'm trying to upgrade my character. I'm like, I don't want to do any more of this. I don't even want to be in this world anymore. So it's just not working for me. I don't know why, just not clicking. So, um, yeah, I don't, I feel bad about it because like, I'm, I feel like I'm not getting it. And so if it just clicked, then I could get some insight into that thing, but it's not clicking for me, but none of you have played it, so you can't really help me out there. So that's fine. Um, I've played a couple of them, but I, I've been the it's same a, way. It's I've a just different bounced game. off that gameplay loop. Well, this is a, yeah, this one's different than the other ones though. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also tried, um, I, they gave me a code for hand of fate too. Um, and so that came out this past week. So I did try that a bit before release and yeah, that is a game that I love the aesthetic. I love everything that you're doing in that game up until you get to the point where you do combat. So Hand of Fate 2, sequel to Hand of Fate, um, it's kind of like a card game where you choose your path through the cards that are laid out on the table and then you either get like a choose your own adventure, like do you help the goblin, do you hurt the goblin um, sort of choice and that'll get you stats or weapons or stuff. And then eventually you'll go into a situation where you have to beat some guys up and that is the worst part of the game. And the, one of the focuses on the second game was supposed to be making the combat and stuff better. Yeah, not for me. And so I played through a couple of, a couple of boards of that. Uh, it, there's a tutorial board, and then I think I did three separate missions. And you get to choose your paths this time. It's not just kind of a, a it's not just a ladder of progression. It's more of an open world. Do you want to go? up here and f attack this deck do you want to go here and attack this deck and and so forth and you bring your deck cards with you and uh, it's a whole thing not interesting to me i don't like the combat in the game it's very it's very just um it's like a poorly implemented version of the combat in mordor except like it just doesn't feel good um and it's it's mushy and you just you get overpowered too quickly and it's not that it's hard, it just doesn't feel fun, it doesn't feel fair, and it's just like, eh. It's, it's another one of those where you mash square, and then, you know, when, triangle, when the prompt comes up on their head, press triangle to block it, and when this other prompt comes on their head, press the other button to, to dodge it, and it's just like, this isn't fun. And there's just a way, because that's, that's just the same Batman combat that we were talking about earlier in Shadow of Mordor, and yet it doesn't work here for some reason um, is what I found. I hope people will disagree with me on that because the rest of the games, the aesthetic and just what you're doing in that thing is really cool. And um, I love just everything else about that game. I just hate the combat so much. So that's another game that I'm just kind of wishing clicked with me more. Um, yeah, watch some videos of that one. Um, no one else has tried it, I assume. So yeah, it doesn't look like it. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, other stuff I did during Extra Life. Is there anything that mattered? Mm. Oh, uh, Diablo 3 on the console. I did some of that. Uh, I did not play the Necromancer, but uh, I did some get someone to level me to level 70 on the console. Turns out being power leveled in the middle of the night at 3 in the morning does not keep you awake. So not a good game for that. Um and that's pretty much all I remember is we got to 70. I said, dude, we got to stop doing this because I feel like 
you're doing all the work and I'm not contributing at all because I'm literally falling asleep here and you're shouting at me to teleport to the next area. And he's like, oh man, I was having fun doing that. It's like, okay, well, I appreciate that, but let's stop now. <laughs> uh, Alice, I understand you've been playing some Diablo 3. Uh, yeah, I actually decided to create a season hero. Oh, yeah, season 12 on the PC? Yep. Yeah, how's that going? Ah, it's going alright. I decided to roll Monk, so... Ah. You've already played with the Necromancer, I assume, right? Yes, I have. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, if you remember. I was saying how awesome Corpse Explosion was. Yes! Okay, now I remember. Alrighty. Uh, yeah. Uh, Diablo 3 works different on the console, but still good, and so I was very impressed with that. Uh, And then I saw uh, Eurogamer put up a little review showing that, uh, the it gets an even better consistent frame rate on the Xbox One X. I thought that's cool. Uh, and then I realized I have a PC, and I'd rather play Diablo on the PC, so it doesn't matter. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it just seems more intuitive on the PC to me. I, it works well on the console, though. Like, the way they implemented that dodge roll is good. and It makes it work. Whatever. The uh, SteamWorld Dig 2. That's the last thing I will talk about today. I've been playing that on my Switch uh, since that came out. I did not play it during Extra Life. I have been playing it uh, in bed, and that is a good game. And I don't fall asleep playing that game, which is weird because you'd think I would because it's a very dig down, get loot, go back to town loop. So I should fall asleep, but nope. I just like my Steam World Dig. A lot more puzzles in this one, and uh, they get hard. And then I realized, no, I'm just an idiot. And I come back the next night and I realize, why didn't I see that last night? I, that was no problem. Uh, so that's how that game's going. Uh, Metroidvania style um, digging game. <laughs> so dig down, get uh, um, money, uh, upgrade abilities, get more um, movement abilities, get yourself access to more areas, and unlock more things. Um, it just feels good. It's a good game. So highly recommend that one. And I'm going to shut up now. Alice, did you play anything else? Oh, well, what do you want me to talk about? I don't know. Whatever you've been playing. So aside from uh, Diablo 3 and uh, Middle Earth, the new one, um, I don't really have a lot else to really say about that one uh, okay. outside of what I've already discussed because I've only just hit Act 2. So, right, right. you know, there's there's quite a bit of... There's a fair bit of game. I mean, I only just got the ability to dominate Orcs back, so... Which, you know, is kind of like one of the selling points of the game, really. Um, so, yeah. Uh, come back to me in, like, two weeks on that Okay, one. sure. Um, I did manage, just before the podcast started, however, I did manage to meet my uh, my goal in Elite Dangerous. I can't remember if I mentioned or if I'd started my uh, journey out into the galaxy last time. You did, but I, I don't remember I'd what your started, goal but was. I, uh, so my goal is to head to this place called Colonia. Um, uh, quite a while ago, um, a uh, in the uh, Elite Dangerous lore, there was a cyborg bartender called Jack who owned his own station called, well, Jack Station. <laughs> of and um, there was a, a community goal um, to... Uh, fund his trip across the galaxy with the intention he the original intention was he was going to fit his station with a uh, massive hyperdrive and jump to somewhere called Beagle Point 
which is on the other side of the galaxy. It's like one of the furthest stars away from Sol you can physically get to. Um, however, due to some interesting sabotage done during the community goal, uh, Jack Station um, ended up moving to uh, a nebula sort of not that far away from the galactic core instead. Um, and it went missing until someone chanced across it. And it's now kind of formed its own like little bubble around it of civilization. How does so the station go missing? Did the devs do this? Yeah, the devs okay. did this. All right. It was probably say part of the storyline, all right, all right. sort of that was being done. And um, yeah, so there's a small this kind of small bubble of civilization surrounding uh, Jack Station in a system called Colonia, which is about twenty two thousand light years away from Sol. It's cool. and I just managed and I just managed to get there today. Yay! After uh, I I kind of took took an easy route about mm, just over halfway, uh, and then I decided to bite the bullet and do use something called the neutron highway. Okay, that sounds cool. So in Elite Dangerous, you can find neutron stars. They're sort of. I wouldn't say like fairly common, but uh, as you get further and further away from civilization, you tend to find more of them. Um, what they do is they tend to shoot these like jets of uh, gas into space from their two poles and they rotate. So they sort of create these kind of like two cones that shoot out from the uh, poles. And um, although the neutron stars themselves are very dangerous, um, if you fly into one of these cones for a few seconds it quadruples your jump range mm. um, if you screw it up um, you'll drop out of supercruise and then the neutron star jets will basically just shear your ship apart so it's there's a sort of an element of risk involved also every time you do a, one of these uh, like boosted jumps uh, it damages your frameshift drive anywhere between like zero and two percent, so you can't do it too often unless you have something on board that allows you to repair it, because eventually it'll just break. Uh, but with quadruple jump range, means it's a lot easier to go places. Hence cool. why people call it the neutron highway, because you just jump, jump from neutron star to neutron star. All right. So I sped up considerably and arrived there today. Yeah. I even, uh, I think my, my, my accomplishment, though, was I found an undiscovered Earth-like world on the way there. So because of there's, like, thousands of randomly generated systems between Sol and Colonia, um, not all of them have been explored, um, which means uh, not only did I find an Earth-like world, but nobody else had found it first. So that's now got my name on it in-game, saying that I was the first person to discover it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. And that's basically it, really. Cool. Ah. Alice, I want to let you know that your, your uh, free company in 14 causes me to have tasks to do. And I'm now researching 
gardening in order to get scrawny ankle biter a bunch of clouds breath. Uh, that'd be for mount crafting. For I making imagine. flying chairs, yes. Yep, flying The reason chairs. I feel like I need to do this is because originally we thought it all came from airships, and I'm kind of the airship captain guy right now. And um, the airship drop rate is abysmal. And uh, so now I'm learning gardening, and I feel like I need a, a new hobby. <laughs> literal flying chairs? Yes, literal flying chairs. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I'm just picturing a lawn chair with balloons tied to it. <laughs> nope, no balloons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> okay. So, uh, who's next? Uh, uh, Kelly, what have you been playing? Well, no flying lawn chairs and Shin Megami Tensei, but I did finish, did finish it? it. All right. Yeah. I pretty much just blew through to the end. Um, nothing really special, there, except that the final dungeon has the most frustrating layout i think i have ever seen in a final dungeon in my entire life i'm gonna post the map of it in the chat room so that people can see exactly what i'm talking about which chat room the twitch chat room oh okay so not not only this being yeah How do you even what? <laughs> Kelly, this is impossible. I got through it, but it took it literally took me the entire week of or the week that we didn't have the show. It, it took it took me the entire week to get through it. That's crazy. They just expect and, you to figure that out without a map? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's an in-game map, but it doesn't really show you, like, where the random warp points go to. And not only that, this entire area is called um, Yahweh's Universe, and the entire area is, like, LCD acid trip kind of... The best way to describe it is an acid trip, but it's one of those acid trips that Everything looks the same in it, if that makes any sense at all. Okay. So... I haven't been I haven't had a, an acid trip, so I can't really validate that. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I th I think if you just Google Yahweh's Universe SMT four, you can see what it looks like. But yeah, it's it is messed up and trying to navigate that was just a pain in the ass. And I had abilities that let monsters avoid me, but I wasn't high level enough to have the monsters avoid me completely. So, of course, I kept getting aggroed to hell and back trying to get through that. But, uh, and uh, even looking on Game Facts, they were saying that, like, oh, that's not nearly as bad as, like, Shimegami Tensei 2 or whatever. And it's like, no, it, it's that bad. It really is. But I got through it, so now I'm ready for five, should oh, that ever... Oh, goodness. That's... Oh. And you had to stare at that for four hours or whatever? It did not just four hours. I mean, 
I played it in kind of bursts throughout the course of the week. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry you had to do that. Yeah. It's a terrible environment to make you spend so much time in. Yeah. So I got through got through that game and then I also do finished you feel, Do uh, you feel uh, liberated now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I got and not only that it it's kind of one of those things where you don't even really what am I trying to say? You don't even really want to blow through it because there's some pretty awesome gear in that area that you want to pick up mm-hmm. that I obviously wanted to pick up because I was kind of undergeared anyway. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad that game was over. I mean, I like that game and all, but having a final dungeon layout like that is just ridiculous. That's just padding, if you ask me. You're making me very glad I bailed on those games. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, SMT games are kind of a labor of love. That's for sure. Though I I actually think some of the dungeons and Nocturne was worse, but I'm rather rather famously anti-Nocturne. I really did not like that game. So... I finished that, and then last night I also managed to finish Tales of Berseria. Oh, look at you. That that had a much better final dungeon layout because you could actually figure out where the hell you were going, and you get a hoverboard in that game. Cool. Uh, (laughs) Remind me, is Berseria's battle system something a human can understand? Yes, yes it is. I know yes. not everybody agrees with me that Zestiria is this completely unpenetrable, but um, it was for me. <laughs> no, but Berserius is uh, make your combos, wait, uh, block to recharge your combo meter, unleash more combos. Cool. I mean, there there is a little bit of kind of nuance there, but it's not nearly as bad as Zestiria's. All right, how's it rank but... for you amongst Tales games? <laughs> I I think this game completely made up for the meh that was Zestria. I can never pronounce it. Zestria? Zestria. Yeah. Um, this game had much better characters, um, much better plot. You're kind of, in a way, playing as the bad guys. Well, I mean, everybody is the bad guy in everybody else's story, but they really kind of make you out like, well, you're basically the lord of the calamity that's... And I don't know how to get into it without spoilers. But basically, the church is trying to accomplish one thing, and you're trying to accomplish another thing, and it just kind of clashes. But the the characters, the characters in it are amazing, and... Magilu is a treasure that needs to be in every Tales game because the idea behind her is that she was just kind of didn't really have any motivations and was kind of along for the ride. But some of her dialogue and stuff is so funny that it kind of makes up for the fact that she really didn't have a character arc. Nice. Yeah, I'm not sure if Alice played Berseria or not. Um, I am actually still in the middle of it. Okay. It's worth finishing. Yeah, and I say I have it on PC, and I probably will. So, I just, you know, I need to be in a JRPG mood. 
Yeah, no, no, I understand. Um, there was kind of a lull in the middle of this game that that's when I kind of stopped playing it because it was get, getting a little bit kind of hard to get through. But once you kind of get through that hump, the story and the characterization gets amazing. <clears throat> and the ending ties kind of directly into Zysteria and... At first, when I was playing through the game, I was like, how does this exactly tie into Zysteria? And then some stuff happened, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. So I, I think I noticed it, um, because one of the earliest locations that you go to in Bazaria is the final dungeon from Zysteria, before everything that happened in Zysteria sort of happened to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, overall, I kind of recommend this one over Zysteria because I said before that I really didn't care for Zysteria's plot all that much. It really felt like there was just nothing really going on till the very end. So that was that game. Um I played a little bit of Etrian Odyssey 5. I've only barely scratched the surface of that game. I'd put it on my list because Anna said that she had started it out too, and I kind of wanted to talk through some of the beginning game pains with that because I really haven't had any of the character builds except for one that's kind of jumped out to me yet. And I didn't know if Anna was having that problem too. All right, so you haven't had any... <clears throat> you don't like them? Or... No, it's not that I don't like them. It's just usually when I look at the talent tree for an Etrian game, I kind of see, okay, that's I know what I want to build into. And this time around, it's like I'm not really sure where I want to go with the character builds. And in Etrian games, your character builds are kind of everything. They can make the break, make or break the game for you. Okay. Um, Anna is using a guide for her character builds. Okay. So she has... Anna, what do you have? She has a Dragoon. A Botanist. I have that. I have that. A Warlock. I have that. She's checking. She's playing it right now, so... <laughs> Masarau? What? Pugilist. I don't have that. Is Masarau a class, Anna? Okay. I, th I think it's like a samurai. They're furry people, she says. Oh. Whatever that don't. means. I don't know. They're the swordsmen. Okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> so there you go. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that the one character build that I do have is the hunter because um, you can summon animals into your party and they stay with you until you exit the dungeon. And they have a passive that lets you passively heal every turn, mm. which is kind of vital to getting through those just random battles to kind of basically heal yourself up at the end of the battle without having to you know, use up your mana or a lot of the resources. So th that's one thing that I've got in the f party for sure that I've definitely built into. And I just realized 
yesterday that you can have both a hawk and a wolf in your party at the same time, and I only thought that you could have either or. Um, it's just a matter of how much money you have to summon it. Okay. So Anna, have, have you summoned it... hawks or wolves? And she says no. Okay. Um, the only sucky thing is that because it goes away when you exit the dungeon, as soon as you get back into the dungeon, you have to remember to summon to it. summon it again? Yeah. Yeah, and I can't tell you how many times I've started a random fight <laughs> and then like, oh. Like, oh no, I don't have my wolf. <laughs> why am I not he auto-healing? Oh, oh, it's because I forgot to summon it. One other thing to keep in mind. Anna Marie bought all the DLC. Oh. See, well, I have Not all of it? That. Okay, just the one that... um increases your gold and your experience you know what i might end up having to purchase that, to as, purchase well. that as well the blood money be, <laughs> can't beat this game huh yeah yeah that's kind of nefarious because the past couple of games have had like just a stupid easy mode that's yeah. just basically you know getting through the game as fast as possible and that's how i play these games and oh, full, full disclosure, I also bought that double experience and double gold DLC for uh, Berseria, too. Oh, no. You <laughs> gave Namco their blood money. Oh, I oh. know. I'm part of the problem. Well, did you at least not but... buy level ups? No, I don't. I don't ever do that because that's <laughs> I know. not I'm just, I'm just reminding people that that's something you can do in that game. <laughs> no, I mean, at least buying double experience or double double gold or you know buying maps that let you grind out that kind of stuff are you know can kind of stay with you so that if you're going to play through the game again at least it's permanent mm -hmm. and you know i spent like five bucks on that stuff for tales of berseria and i kind of justified it like well that's enough for a combo meal for mcdonald's so that's not that big a deal and that's one of those things that's like, so it's, it's completely optional. I don't have to do it if I don't want to, but I kind of want to get through the game a little bit quicker. So there you go. They've just taken easy mode and now charge you five bucks for it. Yeah, pretty much. Perfect. I mean, I don't know if that's part of the problem or not these days, but it, it's nice that it's optional. That's it. That's probably part of a problem. Uh, it seems like it'd be part of a problem. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, it's kind of like mobile gaming. Just buy your way out of playing the game. Sort of. Well, you still you still have to play the game. You just get through it just a little bit quicker. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But yeah, and then the only other thing that I've played is um, Stardew Valley. I just got married in game last night and uh the 10 hard event of the dude i ended up marrying it was very funny because of how mildly erotic it was you uh, basically get invited to his house so, so that he can confess your, his feelings towards you and then his mom's knee uh, hears talking and you hide in his bed while his mom is talking to you oh boy and some of the comments like, Sam, you're all sweaty. What's wrong with you? Oh, I was just doing push-ups. 
And then after his mom leaves, you have this option where it's like, get out of bed, stay in bed. So I stayed in bed, and Sam walked towards me and then fade to black. And <laughs> Boy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and I'm playing a dude in this version, so even more homoerotic Ooh. there. My, my husband was laughing his ass off the whole time because I was reading the dialogue very subtly, or not subtly, uh, kind of sensually. So we had a good laugh at that. But I'm married in that game now. Good for you. Uh, um, <laughs> Stardew Valley, I'm probably going to end up dumping once Pokemon comes out this week. Yeah, that's out this week. Uh, trading one obsession for another. <laughs> that's pretty much all I've been playing. Cool. Josh, what you been up to? I've been finishing games. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's nice to do that for a change. So I think last, yeah. So last time I think I was uh, worried about how long Summon Night Six was getting. Yeah. And I think I was doing my best to kind of subtly get across how meh I felt about that game. <laughs> you did without, a good job. Like, yeah. Without breaking review embargo. Uh huh. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, well, I, I guess it's a double-edged sword. Thankfully, that game didn't end up being like seventy or eighty hours long, but they just kind of crammed their. But their actual story did it become into like less a... meh. It did actually. Hey, I don't know. I think I would have preferred it if it had been worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we was talking about that once. It is so hard to quantify meh games. It was it was a tough review to write because like the the gameplay in that game is fine. It's just it's a strategy RPG. It's it's competently executed. It looks really nice for a strategy RPG. <laughs> But the story, the story just plays on nostalgia so much. It's, you know, every single chapter is like, here's the new two or three characters from an old Summon Night game. And, you know, like it's expecting you to be really excited about seeing these characters. But only one of those games has ever been localized in English. So, you know, all that stuff just kind of falls flat. <laughs> and... I, it, it got really frustrating. Uh, e even to your, even into the second half of the game, you're like three quarters of the way through it. They they introduce this character. Th this character reveals himself to be the overseer of the world, and even then, chapters would just start like the characters go and talk to the overseer. They start asking him questions about the world. He's just evasive and doesn't really tell them anything. And then he kind of like points over there to a screen is like, oh, look, more people fell into the world. You better go save them. And they're like, OK, we got to go save those guys <laughs> and just rinse and repeat over and over and over again. Oh, it was boy. just incredibly frustrating. <laughs> hmm? Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it's 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 okay if if you've played every other strategy RPG this year, you know, like you've got another one to play. Pretty pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it's you're not really, like there's a really, shortage. You're uh, really selling me on this. Yeah, it, well like I, I was thinking about it when I'm writing the review and I'm like, would would I recommend this over any other strategy RPG I've played in the last year? And I'm like, no, no. no. 
I, I'd recommend Summon Night 5 before I recommended Summon Night 6, mm. despite its, you know, small problems. It was just a lot more interesting, compact. The, it, the, the problem with adding all those characters every single chapter is that you end up with like a cast of like 60 people that they're trying to give equal time to. Mm-hmm. And so you just don't really get a lot of the, the, the cute asides just kind of end up falling flat when you only got like one or two of them per each character. Or every time there's a uh, an event that happens in the game, like 12 characters have to chime in about it. You have to hear, oh, get a little snippet from every, you know, 12 different characters t- telling you what they think about it. It just, ugh, it's frustrating. <laughs> Th- that kind of stuff frustrates me a lot when a game just is more interested in being very quippy than actually getting into the gameplay. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that was kind of how Summon Night 5 was. Like, all the... That was a chatty game, too, but it worked better because there was only like seven or eight characters, so it didn't go on for so long, and you got to know the characters a lot better. And this one, it was just... It, it, it feels more like... Um, like like It's a game that I can imagine working if it was a uh, franchise that was better known and more beloved, if this was Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, where there's just tons and tons of characters to pull from that everybody loves, but Summon Night's just kind of an odd one to to do that with. Uh, so after I finished that, I finally got to get back to Ease 8. And thankfully that was much better. Ease 8, I I don't, you know, I don't have Kelly's perspective because I haven't played them all back to back like she has this year. <laughs> and um, you know, I took off two weeks in the middle of it to play Summon Night Six. So I don't know how much that's like skewing my perspective towards the end of the game, but I absolutely Loved the last two chapters of that game. It was just loved the combat, loved the music. For once, I really liked the story in Ease. I mean, you know, so many times with Ease, the story tends to be kind of just secondary. You're just there to play as at all and kill things with a really rocking soundtrack. And I, I don't know, like, and the the complaint it seems like online is that there's too much trails in Ease games these days. But at least this story really the the ending of it really pulled it together for me and i i don't know like i'm thinking this may be my favorite ease game now oh nice yeah the nice thing about ease 8 was that because you have the island theme going that you really kind of feel a sense of community with all the characters that you rescue and that's kind of how you do a community-driven game like that, as opposed to how you was talking about how Summon Night 6 just has all these characters that need to quip, and you don't know who they are or what they're doing, versus, you know, Yee's 8, where you're rescuing these people and kind of becoming a part of their lives. Yeah, and they did a much better job of, like, having side quests where you kind of got to know the characters a little bit better. It, I, I, I still think that probably would have been better if it were shorter. I mean, I think I even, I didn't get the true ending and I still was close to 40 hours to beat it. But oh, wow. Yeah. I think it was 37, something like that. I'm slow. <laughs> I'm always slow to finish games. See, I think I ended up clocking like 50 or 60 hours at final count. Oh, wow. But I, See, I, I even missed a lot of stuff, too. Like, I missed a couple of characters' uh, key story points, but I still managed to get enough reputation points to get the true ending. Yeah. See, I looked up the, I looked up where I was and then looked up how much I would have to do to get the, uh, 
to to get my reputation points up to get the true ending, and I was just like, uh, I can watch this on YouTube and just finish <laughs> the game. That worked fine. <laughs> See, in general, it's supposed to be fun to get those reputation points, but I guess not, huh? It it's oh, it's fine. It's about making sure that you've done all the little side quests for the characters, and then doing. You can also supplement that with uh, doing those interception and suppression missions. It's just like I didn't want to spend, you know, six, seven hours kind of grind. I, I've got too many games in the backlog to be spending time grinding to kind of get the true ending when I could just watch it on YouTube. And I think you could also supplement that with uh, giving all the people their gifts too. Yeah. Like you a can lot buy of gifts. Yeah, a lot of the gifts that you also you also find a lot of the gifts out in the wild, but you can also buy them too. Yeah, see, I don't think I remember finding any of the gifts, but I, I didn't even one hundred percent find the island. I think it was like ninety two or ninety four percent complete yeah. when I finished it. Yeah, I, I ended up hundred hundred percenting the island. But I don't know, like I, I really liked it. I think it it may I don't know how much of that is the weird way I played it or the fact that, you know, it's the first time playing it on a big screen and not on a portable since the last several iterations have all been on portable. But I, I absolutely adored it. Uh, and then since I finished that, um, I'm like, well, why not just keep playing Falcom games? So I, <laughs> I started uh, Zvi, the Ilvard insurrection last hey, night. How's that going? That game... Well, it's going to be no, 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 no. It's really good. It's just I I have to be careful because this game is just like it's made perfectly for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm afraid that it's just the case that I'm in the narrow subset of people that will absolutely love it. It's a um, I think Adrian reviewed it. And I think he said that I can't remember if it was in his review or if he just said that on Twitter. Like it's like if Trails and Ease had an incredibly adorable baby. Okay, and that—that's pretty much it, it's it's probably no one on the cast has played Guriman, which was I, I think um, that was Falcom's first like fully 3D action game it was on the PSP, and I think they did a, I played it when they did a uh, 3DS port of it a year or two ago. I remember all that, but I didn't play it. So that game. It was a very simplistic action RPG, and it really looked like a PS1 game to the point where, like, the main character had, um, like, two pigtails that looked just like two polygon, two giant polygons coming out. <laughs> you know, that sort of PS1 era yep. type stuff. Even though this game was made in, like, 2005 or something. You know, Falcom kind of falls behind when it comes to uh, graphics. So this game, even though it's uh, the second Zvi game, it really feels a lot more like a really refined version of Guriman. Like even some of the um, some of the sound effects and the uh, the little I- icons for the uh, for the money are exactly the same as Guriman. But this one, it is it's an action RPG, and you play as. Uh, the, as part of being Zvi, being two, you you control two different characters. So you have one character who's named is Ragna, and he, right at the beginning of the game, you see him. He's flying around. It, it's um, the world is islands floating in the air, and he's flying between islands. And he gets shot down and crash lands, and this uh, uh, small vampire Alwyn 
uh, saves him and forms a blood contract with him. And so the combat is balanced between uh, Ragna, who has like physical attacks, and then you have Alwyn, who has kind of like ranged magic attacks. And it's just mapped, at least when you play it on a controller, which apparently this game was originally intended to be played with a mouse, and that seems absolutely insane. That's weird. But, yeah. Thankfully, it plays perfectly fine with a controller on PC. And so, in that case, you just have, like, one button that's mapped to Alwyn's, to uh, Ragna's physical attacks, and then you have another button that just does uh, Alwyn's ranged magic attacks. And then... But kind of like the bigger thing in this game is just how um, it, it, it ties in a lot of those trails, kind of like it, it spends a lot of time concentrating on the side characters. Like these little towns have tons and tons of NPCs that you can talk to, and they all have uh, their own they all have their own little personalities and stories. So, like, you go to the uh, church, and there is this chain-smoking nun who tries to extort money from you for... uh, (laughs) I swear. (laughs) There is a chain-smoking nun who tries to extort money from you for uh, to to give a confession. And then when you try and point out, like, hey, maybe maybe a nun shouldn't be smoking in a church, she just kind of turns around and blows smoke in your face. (laughs) And then the, uh, the inn that you stay at, is like this giant Ranma one half uh, reference. Oh boy, where the huh? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so the waitress and, and they uh, part, parts of this game are voice acted. I think I've they I don't think that was voice acted in the original, but they did Exceed put in uh, English voice acting for this game. So the the waitress at the uh, the inn is just a total dead ringer for shampoo from Ranma one half right down to the kind of questionable uh, Chinese accent. And then they, they, they I don't know, that, that game is absolutely, it, it is right in the wheelhouse for me anyway. And I, I just absolutely adored it last night. I was like tweeting tons of screenshots and going nuts about it. But that that's it for me. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that the German game was on Steam. Yep, yeah. it's on Steam. Yeah, it is. I was uh, trying to track down a PSP copy because I don't have that, and I do Wait, collect for the could, PSP. They, there's a 3DS one too, though. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah, it's on eShop. Oh, okay. That's where I played it. It Every even t- su- it even supported the uh, new 3DS uh, camera nub. Hey, ah. gotta love that camera nub. Gotta go, yeah. <laughs> like Every time I. Every time I've seen this game in the shops, like in the PSP section, I thought it was just like a platformer. I didn't realize it was an RPG. Oh no, it's an RPG. It's apparently quite good. It, it, it's pretty good if you're if you're you know willing to to live with its limitations. Well, if you say it was designed for a mouse, does that mean the Steam version's better? No, no. Oh, okay. Play the no like like on the Steam version of Zvi. I'm playing it with a Xbox controller. Okay. I can't imagine playing that with a mouse. It's like, oh, double click to to do the magic attacks. I'm like, that sounds no not thanks. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but it plays no great thanks. with a Xbox controller. All right. Well, I think that that's what everyone's been playing. So we should jump into the news. That's my impression, Eep. Of Anna. Eep. 
Okay, first off, folks, we have an announcement. Monster Hunter World's getting a PS4 beta. They announced it at Paris Woo! Games Week. Uh, it's going to run for... It's PS Plus users only, and it's December 9th through December 12th, 2017. And is it worldwide? I guess. I don't know. I thought so. Yeah, it must be. Um, so, yeah. You be, join up to three others online for hunts for the great Jagras and Anjanath, which are a couple of the lower-level monsters, and uh, Hank, and in the ancient forest area, as well as uh, go to the Wildspire Waste to take on Baroth. So that'll be fun. After all those 3DS games, it looks so good it on PS4. It does, doesn't it? Oh, I can't wait. I'm hoping this, I think this will be the fourth time I've tried to get into Monster Hunter. Have you and tried so the Chinese the MMO? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Right. No, I've not tried the Chinese MMO. They have that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's see. Final Fantasy 15's getting an episode. Ignis. This finally is a date. Um, has he has he discovered a new recipe? <laughs> this is what I don't know. It takes place during chapter nine of the game, which I haven't gotten to, so I have no idea what this is talking about. Except I think he burns his hair or something at some point. Um, probably coming up with a new recipe. And uh, Yasunori Mitsuda is the guest composer for the DLC. That's right, the guy. What made Chrono Trigger mo- music? And Zeno Gears. And Zeno Gears. Oh, there you go. Uh, oh, what's the date? December 13th, 2017. Any, I'm, I'm still waiting for them to announce the release date for the uh, PC version. Uh, early 2018. And it sounds like the Pocket Edition is going to come out sooner. Because so. we're all clamoring for that. Uh, also, in 10 days, the multiplayer DLC comes out for 15. Woo! No? All right. No. All right. I think that's free, isn't it? I'm not sure. Uh, speaking of things you could pay more money for, DLC for, or excuse me, an expansion for Destiny 2 has already been announced. Instead of waiting a year, Destiny 2 decided let's just wait a month, I guess. Um, it's called The Curse of Osiris. It involves the return of a powerful yet dangerous guardian named Osiris. He returns to take on a new machine threat on Mercury. Blah, 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 blah. I, I guess this guy was cast out in the past but now he's like hey things are real bad come on back help us out um i I think that's what i've gleaned from what little i've heard about this and it is uh let's see mercury is fully explorable new story missions to delve into the history of osiris uh you can get new weapons new armors it is part of the season pass of course and you can purchase it separately for a price that has not been announced yet it'll be out december 5th so it's not really an expansion, I think. More, Well, I guess maybe it's as much of expansion as any of their other expansions, but given the timing and the size and the description, it feels like a DLC. But they're calling it an expansion. So uh, We have World of Final Fantasy. Uh, this is the cute one where you stack the creatures on top of each other, and uh, there's a little fox guy who says Tama, the Tama, and then says the, the word the a lot of times in a sentence. Um, that's coming to PC for 40 bucks on Steam on November 21st. I, you know, I'm actually kind of tempted to get this one because I think I saw a couple of people streaming it at one point. Mm-hmm. Might even be you guys, actually. I, I, and I thought it looked all right. It does look all right. I want Anna to play more of it. I want to watch her play it, but she just hasn't gotten back into it. 
And she's it's basically uh, Final Fantasy's take on Pokemon. Mm. So there you go. And we have Full Metal Panic. So I think last time we talked about Full Metal Panic. I can't remember. Maybe not. So I think it was announced, announced last time. Yeah, it was okay. announced. And now we've confirmed from the Southeast Asian publishing arm that there will be an English subtitled release. Uh, it'll be sometime in 2018. And uh, this is the Super Robot Wars people developing this. Oh my gosh, Alice, I played a Super Robot Wars game during um, Extra Life. Oh, did you? I tried out the Moon Dwellers because I had it. So right. I, know, I know you want me to get V. Holy crap. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> to that game. <laughs> that The Why? writing in that thing or the translation in that thing is so bad and there is so much text. I can't believe how much text there is just in the tutorials. It's insane. Yeah, welcome to Super Robot Wars games. Oh my gosh. Uh, is 5 better? You tell me 5 is better. In what ways is it better? Cuz this doesn't feel great. Oh, it's got it's got a better translation. Okay, good. It needs one. Um all right. Yeah, because what I was playing is like, oh, I'm taking the, the mech, and why are you taking the mech? And I'm going to go talk to my son, who doesn't know that I pilot mechs. Hi, I'm here. Here's a girl. Have her. Now defend the world. What? <laughs> what is this? What is going on? Oh, it's basically the uh, root of the plot from um, Super Robot Wars J back on the Game Boy Advance. And in this game, in uh, the Moon Dwellers at least, they have a mode that will take you through a novel describing each of the previous games in the series and what happened in them. Well, yeah, I mean, there are like, what, four games or something before it? Yeah, something like that, uh, including some spinoffs. So they had like the four main games and two spinoffs. And it's like you just read all the plot of all of them. And it take, and then when you're done reading that, you can go and start up the game where they again give you a, a shorter summary of the entire series and what's been going up to now with a poor translation. So you're done and you kind of understand sort of what happened. And you're kind of like, I should just read a guide where somebody did a better job of explaining this. But I really appreciate that they put this in here. And I wish it was better because I would love to really expound how awesome this is to have the full backstory in the game for you to understand. And then while you're playing the game, there's like, oh, wait, no, that was Danganronpa. I can't, sorry, that, I'm confusing <laughs> things now. In Danganronpa, <laughs> while you're, if things come up, you can press a button and it explains what they are. Is there something yeah, like no, that? In Super Super okay, they both yeah, have that. Yeah, that. that's okay. in Super Robot Wars as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember anymore. Basically, you get high, basically, you get highlighted text. If you press, I think it's square on it, it gives yeah. you an encyclopedia entry. For Which that I text. love. Been, if only it was written in English. Games for years. <laughs> okay. What, rather than South Asian English? Yeah, in whatever they, they wrote that in. Uh, it just it, it and it's not that I can't understand it. It's just reading it. Just uh, it's like I I wish I could go and enjoy something that's better done, and well, that's what's I, frustrating. I, I personally feel that V is translated better. Okay, and there's still I, I some, played some of V, and yeah, I thought it was pretty good actually. All right, I mean it's a definite improvement on Moon Dwellers, definitely. Okay, good, good to know. <laughs> like I. Mm. It felt like bad, you know, Korean translated um, iPhone RPG. And yeah. All right. Anyway, back to back to the the new thing. The Super Robot Wars people are making Full Metal Panic fight. Who dares win? Which is a great title. Uh, 
and it is uh, based on a light anime novel series, whatever. And Oh, you've never seen Full Metal Pack? Um, I've, I've heard of it. It's an anime, right? And then, But I didn't know there was a light it, novel as well. I'm, I guess yeah, there The light is. novel was the thing that came first. Of course. It was one of the earliest light novel adaptions, like, that I can think of, actually. Remind me the, the difference between... Crisis. Can you remind me the difference between a light novel and a manga? Light novels are mostly text. Okay. So it's just a a, a novel aimed at younger people, or... What, why well, why yeah, is it they're light? Like, <laughs> because they're less long. Okay. They're not very long. All right. Well, they're, they're not, like, kind of, like, doorstopper novels. They're so, not like Game of Thrones or but something. Why aren't they called, like, novellas, is what I'm wondering, but... Okay. Well, I mean, I think that may just be the trend. Light novel, I think, is just what we got out of the translation and term. But I think the the concept is very similar to a novella. And yeah, there, there, there has been a, uh, a somewhat recent trend of adapting them like crazy for, you know, bottom of the barrel anime series. But Full Metal Panic did it first. Okay. Quite long, quite a long time ago as well. It's just taken a very, very long time for them to approve another anime series. So the, yeah, this is, is a new out. series and a game tied in with that new series, right? Uh, I think the game is going to cover both, both the new stuff and yeah, and the stuff that's already been yeah. done. All right, fair enough. Which would make sense, personally. Right. Ooh, I don't think anyone here has played the Surge, but if you no. have, if you have, isn't that isn't the Surge the uh, the basically the like sci-fi looking Dark Souls? That's correct. Or, where you're running around beating up robots. Yeah. I think it looked vaguely interesting, but I don't think it was ever on sale, so I never bothered picking it up. And then game again, where your character got... gets um, stuff screwed into their skin without anesthetic in the beginning. It's great. Oh, um, lovely. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they, they've got a new expansion coming called A Walk in the Park, which I don't think is going to be easy. Um, instead, it's it, the title is referring to the fact that you're going through an amusement park in the game. So, Oh. Uh, it's going to be a v more open map, more branching paths, secrets to discover. Alice, I hear it's quite good. So if you're looking for a, a Dark Souls type game, you should probably. Well, play I think it. that's kind of the problem. Is I'm not really looking for oh, okay. a Dark Souls type game. I think that was the only thing that really kept me away from it. All right. Well then, forget it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just forget the whole thing. <laughs> uh, we got villains coming back in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. So. <laughs> Team Rocket's back, but now they're called Rainbow Rocket. Uh, huh. I don't know. Somewhat curious naming decision. And they're also going to have people from Team Flare and Team Plasma all in Rainbow Rocket. So that's, they're all kind of coming together, I guess. Oh, hence the name. Players who travel through, there's Ultra Wormholes that get you through Ultra Beasts and legendary Pokemon like Lugia, Mewtwo, and Ho-Oh. Um, let's see. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to be like how it was in uh, the Hoenn remakes, where you could pretty much find every single legendary from past I, games in that game. It seems I like was, it. Yeah, it does kind of sound like it, doesn't and it? And they've got all the villains. Like, I'm recognizing villains from all the Pokemon games here. So, like, all the big bads seem to show up here. That, that was fun as hell getting to take on some of the really classic legendaries. And uh, Omega Ruby. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see what we got. We have we got a QR scanner coming back to find more Pokemon that didn't appear in the previous game, including Charmander, Grovile, and Greninja. We've got uh, the Battle Agency. It's a new feature. You get to rent powerful Pokemon and take other teams of rented Pokemon. 
what? <laughs> How does that I mean, work? <laughs> I mean, the rental system was in like the old Pokemon Stadium games. Okay. I don't know why you're renting them, but okay, you get to rent them and do stuff. And it creates kind of a different strategy because you're basically just having to win battles with the moves that you have. Mm-hmm. All right. And what else did we learn? Um, oh, I've got my theory. I think the plot of this game is uh, Giovanni just wants an Alolan Persian. Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, obviously. I think in the anime, that actually is distinctly like he sees one and he's just like what <laughs> but whatever uh... uh to be honest i think the best one of the best things that they've revealed for ultra sun ultra moon is uh mimikyu gets a z move oh oh my god that is the creepiest thing ever i don't know if you guys saw mimikyu's z move i did not what oh it, it, uh, what's it called again let's snuggle time yeah, something like that. It basically like takes the bottom half and like covers the entire Pokemon and beats. The... Well, I don't know what's going on underneath that sheet, but it doesn't look fun. <laughs> it doesn't look fun. Uh, come on, video. Nope. You just saw my link in the chat room. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I've got it on <laughs> YouTube here. All right, come on, make you exclusive Z move. All right, do the, the Z thing with the heart. Okay, it's the ghost <laughs> form. All right, the Mimikyu shows up, cuddles your leg, then runs out, says, I love you. Let's snuggle forever. That was it. <laughs> Mimikyu's flying around the battlefield, making Tyranitar very nervous, and then says, oh boy. <laughs> it covers it in the, in the Mimikyu sheet. So, And inside, there's a lot of beat-ups and Tyranitar is dead and thrown away. Okay. Let's snuggle forever. It's like Mimi. the greatest, like the greatest name ever. <laughs> Mimikyu is the most unsettling Pokemon to ever happen. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. This next one's for Josh and Kelly. If you've been waiting to replay Ease 8 on PC, you're going to keep re-waiting. <laughs> keep waiting. <laughs> keep re-waiting. Keep re I love it. Uh, the, uh, they're updating the localization to fix things like, what, Deep Hole? Was that what it was? Big Hole? What was the Big place? Hole. Big Hole. Um, yeah. And that's going to be fixed um, and timed with the P game's PC release, but it's all gotten delayed for some reason. Not till next year. Sorry. Ah. <sighs> And they're going to also optimize the game some more, apparently, in addition to working on the script edits. So there you go. Yeah, Durante was working on the PC version. Oh, was he? Okay. Is that what That's he what does I heard. Now? I yeah. He does now. <laughs> he did the Cold Steel PC port, too. He did? Yeah, All for right. Xade. Okay. That's cool. Right. He wrote have... a huge blog post about all the stuff he did for the Cold Steel one. That's really cool that he went from modding Dark Souls to um, ease ports for Xseed. Wasn't Durante also the guy that fixed Tales of Steam ports? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He likes the RPGs, I guess. 
I had nothing like getting a job out of doing what you love. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, River City Rival Showdown has been revealed. So they've got a new River City game. Um, if I had the Natsume um, community manager available, I would ask her for more details, but uh, you get me instead. And uh, River City Rival Showdown, the latest beat 'em up RPG in the Kunio Kun series. It's going to be released on December, oh, excuse me, November 21st, 2017. Um, and there's a launch trailer already, so you can check that out. It was developed by Arc Systems Works in Japan as Downtone Nekatsu Monogatari SP. Uh, if you're wondering, Monogatari is the, the River City series in, in Japan. And I don't know. This must just be the newest one. It's on 3DS. So you can go watch the trailer. It's very cute looking. And it's uh, River City. So beat people up, watch them say barf and collect coins, I guess, right? Uh, let's see what else we got. We've got, oh, Kelly, there was this whole yes. thing called BlizzCon last weekend. Oh, that was a thing? Yeah, that was a thing. Um, yeah, so they announced some things at BlizzCon, like, you know, StarCraft II's free, a new Hearthstone expansion, uh, they're adding, um, Hanzo mains to Heroes of the Storm. Um, but most importantly for this podcast, World of Warcraft got an expansion announcement. Now, we were expecting Yay. that because it's the right time of BlizzCon's versus expansion release. This is when they would announce it. And they did. Where are and, we going? Uh, nowhere. <laughs> we're staying at home, apparently. It's called World <laughs> of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. Um, now that we've dealt with the Burning Legion, I guess there's nothing else to do in space. So let's just focus on the home planet. And everyone's angry at each other because of things that happened at the beginning of the last expansion. So we're going to fight each other. And Alliance is going to take over most of the Eastern Kingdoms. And the Horde's going to take over most of Kalimdor. And then they're also going to they're going to burn the tree down. They're going to hey, burn hey. Teldrassil down. Yep. When do you roast at Teldrassil? Yeah. And uh, the Alliance is going to take over Silver, uh, not Silver Moon, um, Undercity. Lordaeron. Lordaeron. Undercity thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it's, and then the everyone's like, well, this sucks. We've taken over. We need navies. So the horde is going to go get a navy from Zandalar. So they're going back to the Zandalar, but this time the whole continent, not just a raid. Um, so there'll be lots of troll things and jungle stuff for the horde to explore. And the alliance is going to go to Kal Tiras, which is uh, apparently Jaina's homeland, where you know her father, I think, was an admiral, and so. Uh, he's dead now, but uh, they have. Uh... Yeah, her mom's there. And I don't know what's up with this, but she's definitely not a Doom Lord. So, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> her mom. Uh, so, anyway, over on Kal Tiras, uh, Jaina's mom's there, so you're going to go say hi to her. And, you know, they're very good at having a navy. So, that's where the, Hor or the Alliance is going to get their navy. And then things happen. There's island missions that you do where they're like uh, the, if you remember the old scenarios from Mists of Pandaria, they're kind of bringing that back. So you queue with three people, doesn't matter what your class is, it'll work regardless. And you go on an island and you fight some monsters, you get some treasure and you're done. It's, it's quick. Um, but you can also turn it up to PVP mode where uh, on the mo normal modes of the island, you'll have some NPCs from the other faction come and mess with you during that mission and you have to deal with them. But in the PVP mode... 
um, it's actual other players and they're on the islands. They do their thing and then you clash with each other at the end. And that's kind of cool too. Um, this whole expansion is kind of going to emphasize PVP, but they're, they're doing some weird stuff. The whole distinction between PVP servers and non-PVP servers is gone. Every server will be capable. You could go PVP on any server. The way it's going to work is you flip a switch on your character while you're in town. And then when you go out of town, you're either zoned in. If you chose PVP, you're zoned in with people who have all PVP switches set. If you chose non-PVP, it's like you're on a non-PVP server. You're not, you don't see any of those PVP folks. So you're with all the people who chose no PVP. And you can change that at any time in town. And you, so you can do PVP with anybody. Um, they're adding... Uh, communities so you can have um, what is it? Uh, it things you can join that aren't just your guild so we could have an RP gamer community that's cross server and stuff and has chat rooms that you can access in the game and you can queue up for things you could see hey this person's queuing up for dungeons you want to join them and you can join them and stuff like that um, let's see that, that actually sounds cool I know I right? missed that yeah that was, during the queue, that was during one of the other sessions um, they're, they're adding that functionality to guilds as well. Um, they're going to make, they're trying to combine the armory app and the, and the, the app that you do for resources and stuff. Uh, instead of legendary weapons this time, the legendary weapons are going to have some plot point that takes care of getting rid of them. And then you will have a legendary amulet amulet that you power up with the leaking essence of Azeroth herself. Um, and this whole expansion is kind of focused about f healing Azeroth because she's been serious. You know, mortally wounded following the battle with the legion so we need to like help her um but it's also about the horde and alliance fighting over themselves so whatever they're gonna have new war fronts which is kind of they're they're doing another take on making world of warcraft war rts be part of war excuse me they're doing another take on making warcraft real-time strategy type stuff be part of world of warcraft so this time you'll it'll be rts battles you'll be with like 20 other people or something like that and you have to collect resources and you bring them to a location and it helps build up that location. So if you're working together, you could be like building up, all right, we need to build up the barracks, which will give us more troops, which would then lead into battle to take out the, the hordes um, establishments and stuff. So there's a whole tech tree that your, your group um, contributes to and progresses during the, the, the whole, during the, um, the war fronts. And then eventually, you know, you go and take out the enemy commander and you win. Um, and that's, I think, aimed to be about as long as a dungeon takes. I forget. Uh, level caps up to 120. Um, allied races. So after you play the expansion for a bit, you'll be able to recruit, you'll be able to make a character that are like the, the Buffalo Tauren or the Void Elves and stuff like that. Um, and you'll get to make them, they, they start at level 20 to give you a little bit of a boost um, as far as leveling them as an alt. You'll get more character slots on all your servers for that. Um... What am I missing, Kelly? Uh, the zone scaling going. Oh yeah, that's right. Wide. Yes. So um, now in in the recent expansions, you've been able to choose which zone you go to next to to do your leveling. You don't have to do a specific zone order. They're trying to bring that mostly to uh, the entire world. So it won't be like literally any zone you can level in starting at level one, but you'll have a bunch of choices and stuff. And yeah, so, the range I think is like from one to twenty. Yeah. So all those zones, all those zones will scale, and then twenty to sixty, and then sixty to eighty. 
Yeah. So you and basically then... just pick whatever. And so in a, in a way, they apparently have fixed. Well, they're trying to improve the uh, <laughs> the uh, the Burning Crusade experience by making you not have to go there. <laughs> yeah, people were kind of salty about that. They wanted Burning Crusade to be fixed, but at this point, I think Blizzard just doesn't want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's all right. Anna, what was the thing that you cared about? Was that it? The lo- graded leveling? Yeah, that that's the biggest thing for Anna. She's like, oh, they may have gotten me to come back with that. Because she wanted a better alt leveling experience. Because she loves leveling alts because she's crazy. Um, and that's what she wants to do. So. Uh, um. Yeah. And we also forgot one major thing that's Uh-oh. gonna that's gonna Uh-oh. be here. Are you excited? Vanilla's gonna be coming back. All right, World of Warcraft Classic servers. So they're finally so, doing it. So if you like crappy leveling experiences and server queue times and low poly count models, it's coming back. So one of the reasons they don't have a date for that yet is because they are going to be taking a lot of feedback from the community as to what they want that to look like. How do you want that scaling to work with, with levels? How do you want, what sort of fixes do you want? Um, do you, which version of Ubers do you want in there? Um, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Hey, Chris, you, you yeah. think you want it, but you don't. I don't. No, I don't understand what I'm going to do with so that. Here's, here's the thing about, and I've seen a lot of it, is apparently Vanilla WoW coming back is like, you know, oh no, the savior of hardcore MMOs is coming back. I'm like, please. When WoW came out in 2005, it was the casual MMO, okay? Yeah. It was easy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, there was no, there was barely any death penalty. Like, the traveling was a lot easier. There were these things called griffins that flew you places. <laughs> like Now, now people 2000- are like, People are talking about you, you might have to run back eleven minutes from your graveyard, and that's going to be terrible. That's that's awful. And it's like, do you remember what do they you, were like in previous games? It's like, <laughs> do you know what I was playing in two thousand and five? What? Do you know what I was still like crawling through the level experience in EverQuest, Final Fantasy eleven. Oh yeah, pre like all of the yeah. patches that made it, yeah. you know, not quite so amazingly yeah. grind, grindy. It's yeah. like. I couldn't stand original World of Warcraft. I didn't stand World of Warcraft until Cataclysm came out. So, I, I am famously anti-classic servers, and I'm going to tell you a story. Uh-oh. Well, this is going to sound like it's not related, but it is. So, when I was in college, I had a group of friends, and every day we would hang out in the student center in college. And a couple of years ago... I went back to the college and went to that student center and saw that the people that I used to hang out with were gone. And it was kind of like, okay, I don't know what I was expecting that I would just turn the corner and magically see these people I used to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And what I'm getting at with this analogy is that just because you go to the same place 10 years later doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to see the same people and see the same experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's what the nostalgia goggles with WoW Classic is. It's not the game itself. It was the people that you did it with. And I don't think bringing the classic servers back is going to necessarily bring back the same experience. So you're saying you can't go home again? Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I'm, 
I think that it's going to be a huge waste of time and resources for something that most people are going to get get into, play for ten minutes, realize, wow, this sucks. They've improved <laughs> the game. They've improved the game so much more than this. And aside from a very few small, hardcore, dedicated people, that's what it's going to be like. And then, what's going to happen when they finally finish next Ramus? Are they going to just run next Ramus over and over again? And, to, and then they like, well, we want an expansion for this classic server. Yep. So... That's just my opinion. I understand. I do understand the nostalgia. I just... You can never have it back. Yep. But I, I'm, I'm assuming there's some people who are after something other than nostalgia. I just don't know what it is. It doesn't appeal to me. So it's not for me. That's fine. I'm okay with it not being for me. I just don't understand what it is for. So... Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah... So I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will. I'm prepared to eat that crow. Yep. Uh, other things I learned from watching the BlizzCon stuff. Uh, there's going to be a big character development arc for Jaina in this expansion. So you'll kind of. Uh, the goal seems to be making her not be such a, you know. Um, B word. I was going to say racist. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, There's going to be... Oh, right. The way I mentioned there's a legendary amulet now. Um, So the way that works is instead of artifact power powering up each individual artifact weapon, what they're going to do this time is as you collect Azerite and power up your your amulet, and you'll be collecting uh, Azerite while you do like everything, including these little island uh, adventures and stuff like that. Um, As you uh, level that up, what it does is when you start getting end game armor is the more powerful your amulet it is the more ability buffs are unlocked on your armor and there's like four rings well it depends on the armor how many buffs there are but like the big ones have like four rings of buff and you get to uh kind of choose which buff you want at each at each tier and um you can uh, and they've made it so that as you get more and more powerful armor, it's I think it's a uh, head, chest, and legs or something like that. As you get more powerful armor, um, and you replace that piece of armor, and the new piece of armor is going to have the same slots unlocked uh, relative to your to your amulet. So you don't have to level up each piece of gear individually. Uh, you can get um, the mythic tier is better than the dungeon tier and all that stuff. So you, you, you know, you want that, you don't have to worry about Titan forge middle tier being better than mythic tier. All that stuff's taken care of. And yeah, so it's all about luck. Just have this little number. That's better. It's like your light level in destiny. As it goes higher, you have more abilities on all your end game gear and you can work on collecting more end game gear and it will automatically be better and, and stuff like that. So whatever, that's the gearing. We talked about the classic. I think we talked about everything. Um, there's trying to fix the leveling. Um, I'm so not interested in the story of this game. Um, I'm so totally interested in the in the Argus story and what's going on in WoW right now. Um, after hearing this expansion, it's like, you know what I want to do? I want to go in, finish up all the current WoW content, and then just skip this next expansion entirely. Um Despite all the fixes to gameplay and stuff that they seem to be putting in there to make it better, I have no interest in watching another Horde PvP thing. And 
I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on that. I don't think I am alone on that. It just no. There's a guy at work who said, like, did WoW just uh, did the Blizzard just decide to give up on this expansion? <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> I didn't bother telling him all the little things they've been working on because they obviously haven't given up. But it that's just what it feels like. Like, yeah, Warcraft, um, fight each other expansion. Who cares? <laughs> it just kind of lends more fuel to my theory that wow expansions are like classic star trek movies mm-hmm. I don't every know. other one is good i disagree with that but all right <laughs> um because because i because wow was wow so i mean if wow was not good burning crusade was good people like that and then people really liked wrath and then i loved pandaria and okay maybe pandaria was, has some issues pandaria was great yeah. i miss i actually miss pandaria mm-hmm. oh well whatever um let's see what was i gonna so we have um world of warcraft the meth expansion coming and uh i just get the ex- the feeling i don't know if anyone else does it's like i feel like they're just wrapping up some loose ends so they can say all right cool time for wild 2.0 you think WoW 2.0 is ever going to happen? I don't know. Or what, I, I, WoW I feel 2? like that's where they go next, maybe. Or, or am I missing this? And this is uh, the first of those supposed micro expansions, and they're just going to release expansions more rapidly now? No. See, I have a feeling that this is just a micro expansion, and it's kind of something to tide us over until what's actually going to be the next expansion. Yeah, so that that's my theory. could be completely wrong. And the reason I, I say that... that is because they already have the cinematic out for this expansion, and they usually yeah. wait till much later for that. So the dates on this might finally be accelerated. Every year, just if you haven't been following WoW for very long, um, every time a new expansion is announced, everyone starts speculating. When do you think it'll come out? When do you think? It... And it always comes out the same amount of time from when they announced it. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, this is one's going to come out sooner. This one's going to come out sooner." And it's never really much sooner. Um, and it's never a new cadence. It's never a new schedule. <laughs> um, so maybe this time will finally be the new schedule, the new cadence, the new sooner. <laughs> It's kind of creeped a little bit sooner. Like Legion came out in August. Yeah, but and we're talking I, like a month or two. And people yeah. like are like, this is going to be out in 12 months instead of like 24, you know. And I don't know if that's going to be the case this time. But if it were, if this came out like early next year, it's like, wow, now we have a new paradigm. And let's see where they're going with this. And the problem is I just have no interest in playing this expansion as it's listed because it's like the people I think who should be adults enough to understand they shouldn't be fighting um, are currently being written as being not adult enough to understand that and to fight each other. So it's like, whatever. <sighs> I, I am curious to check out the new zones, though, at the very least, just because I do like seeing new wild zones and what kind of stuff they put in, the kind of Easter eggs that they do and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I'm really curious about the overarching story of this particular expansion. Oh, okay. Well, so you're in. I, I'm I'm always in, at least at the beginning. And usually what ends up happening is that the crappier expansions, I'm like, okay, if the next one doesn't blow me away, I'm done. And then the next one, and then <laughs> the next one away. blows me away. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, all right. So 
Um, for those of you who don't care about Western-developed MMOs, there was a uh, very, very Japanese RPG discussed this week in detail. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 had a direct. Who watched that? I watched it five or ten minutes before the minutes. cast. <laughs> Josh, did you see this thing too? Yeah, basically the same as Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I skipped over it because I'm like, they already said practically everything in that one Nintendo Direct that bored everyone. What could, could they possibly add? And they it did. Turns out add everything. Some stuff. Yeah, this feels so. Yeah. I watched this a few days ago, and I came away from it being like, oh. This is the presentation they should have had initially. This makes me actually care about this game and its setting and its characters. And now I feel like getting into the battle system and stuff. So what I haven't done is gone back to that first direct and watch that again to see if I still maintain interest. Because that first one kind of lost my interest. So I don't know. Um, this this But this one, this whole explanation of how you collect blades and you level them up and they're all different creatures and they can come out and be part of your party members as well it's just cool and it sounds fun and this looks neat um what did we learn um we learned lots of story things and there's long time ago there was a tree and things went wrong with the tree so now we're riding around on flying beasts and now the beasts are starting to die so we got to go back to the tree And you find a girl, and you die, and the girl's like, oh, no, you don't die. Here's half my life force. Now you're a blade master. Let's go, like, screw, th- you know, mess with things. And they show you villains, and you're going to go beat them all up, and you level up the blades and stuff like that. Um, oh, and in addition to just having English voiceover, you can also choose to listen to Japanese voiceover. Um, and You'll, you'll have to download it on day one, but uh, that'll be an option for Xenoblade 2. Um, and they also announced an expansion pass. You can pre-purchase it right now. <laughs> an expansion pass that is not in the collector's edition, by the way. Yeah, of course not. Uh, for twenty nine ninety nine, the expansion pass gets you various support items, some new quests, a new rare blade, a new battle challenge mode, and a new story adventure. Um, content that's stringing from December 2017 through fall of 2018. Uh, we have the, the direct link on our site. You can go watch it there. Um, what else did you guys care about? What did you learn that you cared about a lot? Um, I like that you looks like you get to ride around on a kitty. Yeah, one of the, yep, one of them has a kitty blade. That sounds great. And I I am in love with the environments in that game. I can't wait to see that actually take place it's, that looks like that's going to be a beautiful game mm-hmm. and the little poopoos what are they called the little things from xenogears look to be back or what well, the choo-choos uh, they, that's what they look like to me what are they in this case i don't know oh no all i remember about xenogears is one of them got crucified. crucified yep <laughs> he, 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 got, he got he died for your sins i know <laughs> Well, they've got little things that look like those. They're little round. They have ears that act like hands. I don't know what's going on with them, but they're in this game too. And one of them's a blade master, or it is a blade. I I'm, I haven't really figured that part out. Um, did any of you guys play Xenoblade X? Um, uh, like, I mean, like I two hours of it. it. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say, Josh? I think I got like fifteen hours in before hours? I kind of faded away on it. Alice, what did you say? Uh, I uh, I think I played a few hours of it as few well. Hours, yeah, because it looks like this game is going to be a lot more focused and a lot more lighthearted than Xenoblade Chronicles X. Because so. X was just 
so huge that I can see why none of you guys like got any further in it because just that 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 map was overwhelming. Did you play through all that? Yeah, I finished it. Did you like it? Um, it was okay. Uh, I enjoyed running around and exploring and doing a bunch of the side quests and stuff like that, but it was more of an open world game where you kind of did your own thing and make, made your own fun uh, and did like a whole bunch of side quests and stuff versus this game, which sounds like it's going to be more story driven. So here's my question. Um, being that I'm somewhat interested in this game, what's my, but what do I do with the first two games? Do I go back and finish my 3DS Xenoblade Chronicles? Do I go back and play Xenoblade Chronicles X? And if I do go back, what's the right way to tackle them at this point so that I'm not de- devoting a hundred hours and hating the game by the end of it? Um, to be honest, I think you could, you'd just be fine skipping over both of those games. Wow. I mean, Xenoblade was okay. It got very grindy towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles X was just a huge freaking game that I don't even know how to get into that or to tell you how to get into that. That's one of those ones that you're either going to enjoy what you're doing or you you don't. Okay. So... If you don't, I wouldn't try to force it because that game is huge and overwhelming. Fair enough. And it would also mean I have to dig out the Wii U. Yeah, uh, that too. Yeah. And you have to have the gamepad for that. Yeah. And you need to sit about three feet from the TV because it has really tiny font. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Can you not play just on the gamepad? You can. you can. Yeah. Good luck reading it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about how tiny the text was on that thing. Oh my god, I hated that so much. Oh, I literally just had to have an ottoman right in front of the TV so I could read it. it was I, the only I, way I could play it. I don't see well anyway, so when games have tiny text, I just get angry. It's one you can tell that no one... No one. Everyone was always obviously playing it on a computer monitor where they're sitting like two feet from it and never mm-hmm. played it on a, a TV from a, at least from a normal Western household where you sit eight, ten feet away. It kind of makes me want to just get a big computer monitor and play my console games on that. Well, I, I have a 60-inch TV and I still couldn't see the text. <laughs> wow. It's a tiny font, man. Fair enough. See, those are games that need like DLC that increase the gold drop rate and the experience gain. <sighs> they need that... DLC that lets you adjust the font size. <laughs> what they need. DLC font size. <laughs> Old person DLC. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you have opinions on my Xenoblade question, feel free to respond in the uh, the thread or email us at podcastrpm.com. Give me some advice on how to tackle the old Xenoblades. Okay. We have Underwater Way Romano is getting a new release. It's the first game that we didn't get here. It's being remade. So let's see. Under Udawari Rubamono for PS4 and Vita, fully titled Udawari Rubamono Chiryuku Mono e no Komo Ryuta. Komo Ryuta. Jeez. 
The game will be released in Japan on April 26th. No news on a Western release yet. Uh, this addition, this originally came out as an adult title in 2002. Kinky. Before <laughs> versions without the adult content were put out on PS2 and PSP in 2006 and 2009, respectively. Uh, earlier this year, of course, we got Mask of Deception and Mask of Truth, the two sequels that were released in North America and Europe for PS4 and Vita. And now we're going to have uh, the first one. And I assume... Oh, yeah. It looks like this one is also going to be visual novel with TRPG gameplay. So there you go. And I didn't see anywhere that said if uh, Sting was working on the... Uh, Sting did the tactical RPG parts of the two ones, two other ones. Oh, okay. I didn't see anything if they were directly working on it or not. I don't know. But the combat was pretty good in those two games. There just wasn't a lot of it. There was lots of text in between when you would actually get to play a tactical map. But the story was pretty good. And it was That's better than heard. Summon Night 6. We got a trailer up heard. of it, so you can check that out now. It's for the Japanese version, but it looks just like the other ones. So, Cool. So I guess you could wait and buy it. hope that one comes out here and then play them in the correct order. Uh, speaking of things you didn't buy, well, that, I guess we weren't speaking of that, but uh, Hob apparently didn't do too well because Torchlight Studios, uh, Torchlight Studios, Runic, <laughs> Runic Games Runic. is being closed down. <laughs> the, you know, the people what made Torchlight. Uh, they, uh, they also said multiplayer services for Torchlight 2 will be available even after the door closes. I don't know how that works, but uh, yeah. And they're going to relocate they're working on relocating their 17 members to different places, and Perfect World is, of course, shutting them down. I guess Hob didn't do well, I assume. No one's been talking about it, that's for sure. I didn't even realize that was a runic game until the studio shut down. Oh, come on. We've mentioned that. It was completely off my radar. Yeah, Torchlight Steam Spy said Torchlight One sold like 1.4 million, mm-hmm. and Torchlight Two sold 3.6 million, and then Hob did 40,000. Now, keep in mind, there's Ouch. a lot of one-dollar copies of like Torchlight One and Two out True enough. there. So, and it took many years to get those to those numbers. So I don't know. I just found it weird that when Torchlight One came out, the series was kind of on fire and then it seemed like Torchlight 2 took forever to come out and they were working on an MMO version of Torchlight at some point and then after Torchlight 2 dropped it's like I didn't even hear anything from Runic for ages yep and it turns out they were working on Hob and then they brought that out and we still have no word on the MMO and we assume the MMO is why Perfect World bought them yet we don't we never saw that come to fruition so I don't know what's above any of that so what do you know? MMOs are hard to make and they destroy companies. It's true. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 and a new title are coming to PS4 in Japan. So Falcom, you know, continuing to dominate the news this week. Uh, some more. Uh, wait, dominate the news. Dominate our hearts this week. That's right. Because People <laughs> played a lot of Falcom games. That's what I meant to say. So what are they doing? They're doing a new title in the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel subseries um, and releases for Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 on PS4. So they're going to have a third one, which, big shock. Um, fourth one. Fourth one. The third one, third one just came out in Japan, so this will be the fourth one on oh, 
of course. Okay. Yeah. And and then now they'll all four of those games will be on PS4 next year. Okay. There you go. Do you know if they're going to bundle them all together? Or is it going to be separate releases? I don't think they said. Being Japan, I assume they would be separate releases. Yeah, maybe they'll be a bundle when we get here, but um, yeah, I wouldn't see that because we've been getting them all individually. Yeah, it would just be nice to get to Cold Steel one and two in one pack at the very least. Mm. But I just wait and get them cheap on PC. Yeah. PC sounds like the definitive version of them anyway. That's what I'm planning to do. Uh, as though I'm ever going to take the time to tackle those titles. I hear they're long. They're, they're not too awful. <laughs> I think that, well, like the first one was like 45, 50 hours. The second one was longer. It was closer to like 70 hours. Well, and the fact that I'm, if you're committing to one, it's kind of like you're committing to the other. That's what makes it feel super long, right? Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I I played Trails in the Sky 1 and 2 and yeah those were both long but I fell in love with both of those games and I'm just kind of waiting to carve out some like 120 hours apparently to play through Cold Steel 1 and 2 and 3 and 3 and then eventually yeah, you should four. probably go ahead and play 3 first wait really? Play yeah f- before Cold Steel yeah there's stuff in, in 3 that ties no, no, into no. Cold Steel Ch- Cold Steel 3 uh, Trails in the about. Sky third. Oh my god! Oh, sorry, I can't keep any of this straight. <laughs> is Trails in the Sky three out? Yeah, yeah, it's on PC. Is it? But second is, chapter, right? Is that what it's called? It's third something. Third chapter it's third. third. Um, final uh, one five eight over three days. I I take it that they didn't put that on any of the Sony systems, did they? They did probably not. not. Okay. It's PC so, only. Okay. Because that was the nice thing about Trails in the Sky was that I played both of those on my Vita and could just kind of play them in bed at night, but it looks like that's not going to happen, which is fine. The only reason we even got that version, the PSP version of Second Chapter, was that Sony actually did a bunch of programming work. Um, That game, when it was released in Japan, was done before there was actually a, a method for having multiple UMD games. And so oh. when, there was no way to put it originally on PSN and make into one file and make it work. And Sony just kind of like took the files and meshed it into one thing and made it work. So that's the only reason we even got that one. The I third, see. Third came out so late, it was just kind of like not, not, not terribly feasible to release it on PSN. No, I don't blame them at all. I don't blame them at all whatsoever. It's just it kind of sucks for me because I liked playing those on my Vita. But what are you going to do? I'd rather I'd rather get something on Steam than nothing at all. Yeah. And the PC versions were pretty awesome. I mean, they took a lot of the uh, HD assets from the uh, PS3 releases of those games and tied them into the PC along with the extra stuff from the PSP games and kind of tried to make the definitive version of them. Okay, well, at least Trails in the Sky the Third is going on my wish list. I heard that that one, like, isn't as detrimental to the story as one and two, that it's kind of a side story with the priest character. and It, it is, yeah. It's not as one and two, like, as I understand it, were originally supposed to just be one game, and it got so long they decided they needed to chop it in half. 
Yeah, and one ends on a cliffhanger. Yes. Yes, it ends on an awful cliffhanger that I was stuck waiting for like three years to find out the you know, the ending to. Mm-hmm. But third third actually was one that they they started making the uh, crossbell games. And then as they started making them, they realized, oh, man, we've got all of these questions we need to actually answer. And so they kind of went back and made third to kind of set up the crossbell and now even the Erebonian arc. I see. So you can play cross you can play Cold Steel without playing third. It's fine. But there are mm-hmm. stuff in third that kind of foreshadows what happens in Cold Steel. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And All right. that has been your trail segment to So many Falcom games. All right. Speaking of uh, Ghostlight, working with Access Games on the PC version of Nihon Falcom's Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus has opened applications for a closed beta. Uh, you send an email to beta group at ghostlight.uk.com. You have until tomorrow, <laughs> and then they'll pick who's in the in the beta. And the uh, PS4 version of Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus will be released physically and digitally in Europe on December eighth, twenty seventeen. Whew! And then. I don't know. I don't remember. Is this already out in North America? Oh, here we go. Uh, it's coming out for, oh, it's December 8th for North America as well. Yay. Um, but no Vita? Or it's already the out? The Vita's already Vita. out. Already out on Vita in the U.S. Okay. Or everywhere. Okay. Which one's Tokyo's Xanadu? I can't really keep this stuff straight. This is... Uh... Action RPG. All right. Action RPG in the uh, Trails of Cold Steel engine. Oddly enough. Okay. Is it another 8,000-hour game with a big story, or is it just... Uh, no, actually, I think it's shorter. I think it's like right. like 30-ish hours, Okay. if I remember. I haven't... It's sitting over there on my shelf staring at me. I haven't gotten to it yet. Alex liked it, so... Got a review. Okay, Fallen Legion. So you remember how Fallen Legion had a game on PS4 and a game on Vita? Now they're bringing the Vita one to PS4. For 20 bucks on December 12th. So you can see the other side of that story now if you didn't want to play in the Vita. They need to bring the PS4 one to Vita and make it full circle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did I break you? Yes. <laughs> All right. We got Indie Update. Indie Update. All right. So Dragon Slumber has a free update for their PC RPG, R Light Core, A R E. L-I-T-E is how you spell that. Uh, it's a new story chapter set during the campaign, following the character... Uh, blah, 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 blah. So if you bought that, there's, there's an update coming. Uh, Spanish studio Rico Technology has a title called Numancia, N-U-M-A-N-T-I-A. Uh, it's now available for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. It is... Uh, what is it? <laughs> I can't tell if it's an RPG or not. It's a hex-based strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it looks I, like a I'm strategy sure war game. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's set in the 15, 154 B.C. era, 2nd Celt-Iberian War in Iberia between the Roman Republic and the allied Celtic tribes of Numantia. It's, it's turn-based strategy, hexagonal grid. Go check it out. All right. Spoilers, the Romans win. <laughs> Willy-nilly. Yeah, I was, was going to say, that one did seem a bit of a foregone conclusion. <laughs> Um, Double Dice Games has announced Willy Nilly Night will be fully released for PC and Mac on November 10th. So it's out now. Uh, 
it has been in early access since May, and you could check that out. And it is a looks like a Diablo-esque type of thing. Tactical combat with open world exploration. So maybe wait, tactical? That's not Diablo-esque. So I don't know what's going on. It looks neat. So go check it out. It's out. See if you like it. Um, I'm going to I'm going to take a look at that one. That looks neat. Okay, Quester. That's Quester spelt without an E. Well, without a second E. So Q U E S T R. Um, they are that they are coming out of early access as well. They're on Steam for PC and Linux. It's fifteen bucks, and you uh, the game sees players forming parties by swiping left or right on prospective members. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, it's like Tinder. I just got the joke. Yeah, <laughs> before venturing out on various quests filled with encounters. Um, okay, a little trailer here. Okay, interrogate. Let's swipe left or right. Yeah. Okay. Then you go in, and you make choices, and there's random rolls, and that looks neat. That could be fun. So you go check that out. That's on Steam now as well. So I might check that out as well. Okay. Uh, we covered that. Covered that. Covered that. Covered that. Uh, what do we got? We got some reviews up. We've got South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Oops. So I break things in the... Ah! <laughs> I have a sticky Z key on my keyboard, if you're wondering. All right. Um, let's see. Adrian Denoden um, put a uh, put a review up. Four out of five for South Park. You go check that out. He likes it. Um, you have uh, Zvay, the Ilvard Insurrection review. Um, I went, yeah. Adrian Denoden wrote that as well. Four out of five. He likes that. Uh, you'll notice a trend with Adrian. He tends to like review games that he likes and gives them four out of five. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't read <laughs> reviews by Adrian Denalden. Oh, poor Adrian. Hey, look, I'm bringing that joke back. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since we've heard it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Long enough that I had forgotten about it, basically. Uh, oh, Od- yeah. Bring, it, bring in them memes back. <laughs> Etrian Odyssey 5. Beyond the Myth has a review from Mike Menke. He gave it a four out of five. <laughs> All right, and finally, Josh, you reviewed this you talked about earlier. You gave Seven Night Six a three out of five. Thank you for breaking the four out of five mold. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so you go read Josh's full review if you didn't like what you heard earlier or wanted more detail. Okay. With that, we have some brief updates. Mad, Mad Max. Metal Max Zeno, which is from Katakawa Games, the dungeon crawler people, right? No, wait. No, that's experience. Huge publisher. They're just a big publisher. In Japan, yeah. I don't know what this is. It is... Um, I, I probably should know what this is. I don't know what it is. PS4, it was, Vita. Yeah. You got a tank. It was a PS2 game that's like a huge series in Japan that's only had like one game here that's getting a new game in the series. Okay. How was they, the first They always game look crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, this one has like tanks. Yeah, and it's like Mad Max. Dinosaurs. But, and, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Max the RPG. Let's just think mm-hmm. of it that way. And we'll see if it turns out any good. Um, Trio of Towns has DLC. Uh, Story of Seasons Trio of Towns. Excuse me. Let me say the full name. That came out on November 7th. And you can. Let's see. Contest MC Stephanie and dog suit wearing contest jug, Judge Wolfio. Um, 
Oh, there are there are romance options now. There's some more friendship events, some new winter outfits. So if you want to do more farming stuff, farming stuff in the Story Seasons game, you can do that now. The Alliance Live has a launch edition. That's uh, the game from Food You. Um, Atlas is putting it out. The Alliance Live comes with a twenty sound, twenty track soundtrack CD, thirty page art book, a penguin keychain. You can do that by just pre-ordering the launch edition now. Um, Five. I've got it pre-ordered. I can't wait for that because I enjoyed Legend of Legends, Le- Legend of Legacy. My God, I'm glad this new game has a better title. <laughs> uh, and if you're lucky, you can get it at launch without pre-order as well. So there you go. And we have God Wars. It's getting an expansion. We've got some details. More from Kadokawa Games. Um, I I say this every week. God Wars is. The RPG, strategy RPG, uh, it looks neat. Um, there, there's gods. You do things and you do ratings. Anyway, so <laughs> they're given a big la- the the expansion adds a big labyrinth. So, and how, what do we know about the expansion? Do you have to pay for it? Oh, we don't have any news about a Western release of the expansion whatsoever. Who knows? Because from what I read about it, it sounds more like a almost like a sequel than a expansion they were talking about like it was going to be like 70 hours of content oh geez something crazy yeah (laughs) like you need to be level 70 to do these extra dungeons i think i finished the game at like 62 so (laughs) let's see i've got your review here you liked it so yeah it was good all righty and pillars of eternity the definitive edition (laughs) this game (laughs) they uh So, shortly after the release of Pillars of Eternity Complete Edition for PS4 and Xbox One, they announced the Definitive Edition for PC, Mac, and Linux. The Definitive Edition's out November 15th. It's 40 bucks. comes with the game, uh, the two White March expansions, all bonus content originally sold with the Royal Edition. That's the original soundtrack, digital collector's book, a novella, a new Deadfire Pack DLC, uh, which includes new in-game items, new portraits from the forthcoming sequel, and so you can get that if you want. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I posited in the thread that we should rename the old one the Indefinite Edition or the Incomplete Game of the Year, uh, the Indeterminate Package, the Unsatisfactory Collector's Edition. Nobody really went with me on that, so it makes me sad. Oh, well. Uh, what do we got? We got clicking in the background. Someone's typing. All right. I was probably me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I keep, keep forgetting to mute my microphone ah, today. All right. Fair enough. Well, we had a question of the week last week where we asked you, what games did you fall asleep during? And some people made some answers. First off, Strawberry Egg says, I fall asleep playing games rather often, mostly because I tend to find time to play right at night before bed, and I'm chronically sleep deprived. I try not to lie in bed or on the couch with a handheld as I'll fall asleep quickly, often dropping the 3DS on my chest or my face. Yeah, I've done that. (laughs) Victor says, I've never fallen asleep while playing a game, but I have fallen asleep while watching people play games on Twitch on my TV, thanks to the PS4's Twitch app, which is conveniently situated next to a comfy sofa. Uh, Sapphire Blue said, I've been falling asleep to playing uh, Trails of Cold Steel. I love the game, but it goes through big dumps of text and backstory at times when I would rather be in the action. I think I need some sort of summary of what's going on in the present game and what has happened before. It is hard to keep track sometimes, but it is a fun game. 
Kelly, what's your sleeping story? Uh, yeah, I, I put this in the comments so I wouldn't forget to tell it. So my most epic falling asleep during a game story involves Valium. Oh. I had stayed home from college classes one day because I had a really, really bad toothache. And my dad gave me a Valium to, for the pain. And I got the bright idea to start trying to do the optional dungeon in Final Fantasy X-2. Oh, boy. <clears throat> yeah, this was the one with all the tone berries running around. So I feel the volume start kicking in, and I'm trying to get to the save point. And then the next thing I know, I wake up two hours later with the game over screen on the TV and the controller on the floor. <laughs> I well do done. not remember what happened. I just know... <laughs> that I was out and Valium is a hell of a drug. Yes. I think you had some help there on that one. So hmm. I can also say that my ability to fall asleep during a game uh, is expedited by how many cats I have on me at any given time. The more cats that end up in my lap, the more likely I am to fall asleep. Fair enough. Yeah, my, my current record is four out of the five that live with us. That's a lot of cat. <laughs> well, I have a lot of lap. Yeah, all right. Well, you, you've, seen, you've seen the pictures I've posted on Twitter, Yes, I have, I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my stand... Oh yeah, I have a little I have a little uh, stand that clamps onto my nightstand, and uh, in there I, it's got a um, an arm that can expand and hold things like tablets or phones or the switch rather well. Um, I've, this is uh, this is iteration three. This is the Mark Three bedtime stand. I keep buying different ones from Amazon, and they all have different problems. Um, um, but yeah, I do this because that way I can have uh, the game system situated over my face and I don't have to hurt my hands by holding it up because I just have really bad repetitive strain injury and it, it hurts to hold things up for a very long period of time. And, uh, and Anna is asserting that the reason I have that is so that I don't drop it onto my face when I fall asleep while playing. So, And it works really I, well for that. I need to stand in my life. Mm. I'll link you some of the ones I've tried. <laughs> All right, we have some uh we have some game releases to talk about. Oh, wait, first um, off, do we did we pick a question? Um how do you feel about classic servers? Uh, well, I don't we're know in how any many game? people are going to care. Yeah. Um when are you done with an MMO? Yeah, Chris Chris had a, has a lot of trouble quitting Final Fantasy 11. Hey, I that. haven't been playing in months because I started playing 14. Yeah, I know, but before then. It's it's my nicotine to get off the nicotine. Beautiful. I keep wanting to go back because I miss the people I was playing 11 with. But not the game. I kind of feel like, yeah, I'm done with 11 now. Um, mostly because Wings of the Goddesses missions are terrible, and I don't want to do them. Oh, even I finished that expansion. It's just, they, they, they make you go all over the world for one mission. It's stupid. It takes forever. You go click on this lake over here and then run over here and click on this tree. And oh my gosh. <sighs> Sorry. When are you done with an MMO? I like that. <laughs> Can you help me be done? 
<laughs> Maybe the, the relevant follow-up. Also, help me with Xenogears. <laughs> what should I do? Or Xenoblade. What should I do? Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, a new, uh, if you want to send us feedback, three ways to do it. Podcast at rpgame.com. Send the email. 608-729-4098. Wow. Um, I, it's just, it, man, my home phone number has a lot of the same digits as that number, and it just confuses me every time. I keep thinking, like, did I just give up my home number? No, I did not. 608-729-4098. Call now. Operators are standing by. And, of course, you can post on the forums at forums.rpgamer.com and go to the uh, message forums called Latest Updates, and the show thread will be in there. Now for the new releases. Here's the stuff that's coming out this week or came out just very recently. On PS4, we've got Bioshock, the 10th anniversary edition. Yes, it's $200 of Bioshock anniversary. Why? I don't know. Why would you do this? It's a lot of money. What do you get? Another big daddy? Oh. What do you get? Um, I, I can't believe that game's 10 years old. Yeah, you do get it. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually having a hard trouble. I'm actually having a lot of trouble with that as well. Mm. I have one of the first big daddies. Yeah, that was dumb. All right. So, also on PS4, Cat Quest, Demon Gaze 2, and L.A. Noir, which isn't an RPG, but I figured it was relevant to us. Uh, Demon Gaze 2 is the game Anna Rage quit on, and yet people seem to really like the first Demon Gaze. Sorry, Demon Gaze is what Cherie's quit on. Demon Gaze 2 is not out yet. Looks like it uh, has a, a quote-unquote maintenance minigame where you have to touch your uh, demons in various positions in order to level up their feelings for you. Yeah. Ah, uh, Vita. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xbox One's also getting the Bioshock 10th Anniversary Edition. Still feels like it hasn't been 10 years. L.A. Noir and Realms of Arcania, Blades of Destiny, which is a remake of an old Western RPG. So... It's a one-for-one remake, so you can go check that out. Uh, PS Vita gets Demon Gaze 2 and Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender Action, which I just realized isn't an RPG. I shouldn't have put it in here, but I think it's a cool-looking game. Um, Nintendo Switch gets Cat Quest. Uh, Cat Quest is already on iOS, by the way. If you don't want to play it on PS4 or Nintendo Switch, you can get it there for a little bit less. Um, But if you want to control it with a controller, then uh, the Switch or the PS4 is your way to go. And a little... Uh, action RPG beat em up with kitties. Uh, It'll do two, which is like a Zelda game. That's out on the Switch for thirty bucks. And Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim is coming out this week on the Switch. Whew. Over on the P- 3DS, we've got Bonds of the Skies, which is a Chemco RPG. So um, do your Chemco investigation. Warning. <laughs> um, and we also have Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Kelly, you're gonna play all week. Play- well, I guess not till Friday, huh? Yeah, not till Friday. Yeah. Um, that's I've got my schedule cleared out for that. Yeah. Can't wait. And then we have an RPG, uh, an old looking one coming to Steam called Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy. I thought that was an action game like Jack and Daxter. Uh, it says it's an RPG, but whatever. Third person action adventure. I don't know. I've read different things. Maybe it's not an RPG. Okay. Well, forget that then. No PC releases. Forget the PC. <laughs> Unless you're playing all your E's and other Falcom games. Well, now, oh, not E's 8, though. You have to wait till next year. Sorry. All right. Now, with all that, what are you going to play this week? Kelly. 
I'm aside from Pokemon Sun and Moon on Friday, I'm actually planning on starting up Disgaea D2 for uh, Backtrack. Nice. Um, and Josh? Uh, I'm going to be playing more Zvi. Zvi. And then if I, fin- if I finish that, it's like trying to clean up the backlog from this year. So probably going to try to start Horizon since I picked that up, that $20 deal this week. And uh, Ms. Alice? Alice? Unmute. Um, unmute. I was going to say... I was say I'm probably going to try and finish or get somewhere with uh, the Mordor. Oh, okay, cool. Middle Earth, Middle yep. Earth Shadows of War. That was it. Yeah, that's the one. So that's the I, I should be saying things like, "Oh, I'm going to go give Assassin's Creed another try," or finish up Middle Earth Shadow of War, the first one, the the first Shadow, whatever it's called. Uh, but let's be honest, I'm just going to play a lot more Final Fantasy XIV and Garden and stuff because I just don't know how to finish games anymore. I like MMOs, and I just need to accept it. Help me. At least, at least you're honest about it. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Is that everybody? That's everybody. I'm not forgetting anyone. Anna Marie is playing Etrian Odyssey Five. I can tell you, that's what she's playing this week. So she'll she'll finish that probably by next show because she's crazy like that. So look forward to that. Woo! That's the show, folks. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We're going to see you next week. We stream every week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. You can download the show, of course, on iTunes, Google Play, and all the podcasting type places you go to. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. That helps us out a lot on those uh, iTunes stores because... On those podcast stores, excuse me, because it helps put the show in front of more people. So please do that. Tell your friends. Hope you enjoy it. Tell us if you want us to change things about the show, and we'll make it better for you. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. Comment in the thread, and we'll see you next week. Until then, everybody, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.